I just can't wait to get back and tell the office that I had the special privilege of having chapels set in place for me by rhythmic motion. Actually, uh, Oklahoma is one of my favorite musicals, and I wish I could be here to uh, enjoy that event. It's always great to speak to college students, and especially students at a college like Masters, because uh, I know something that uh, I hope all of you know, and that is that you stand on the threshold of opportunities to make an impact for Christ that my generation possibly no longer has. I want to speak to you today, I want to speak to you today with a, with a certain supposition in my mind, and here's the supposition. I believe most of you are here at this school because you want to serve Christ wherever he puts you. I believe you came to this school because you wanted to get a Christian education in order to have your mark and your place in God's kingdom. And if that's what's on your heart, then I'd like to share with you what's on my heart. I think there are two great ambitions in life, and I'd like to lay out those ambitions for you and encourage you in the pursuit of them. The first is this, ambition to serve Christ, the greatest privilege in life, privilege is to be a servant of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to come here this morning and plead with you to be willing to present yourself to Christ for his service because it's a privilege. It's a great privilege. And the second supposition is this. The highest aspiration of life is to bring glory to Christ. The greatest privilege in life is to serve Christ. The highest aspiration in life is to bring glory to Christ. Now, I want you to open your Bibles with me if you brought them. And I want to look at two passages. The first is in Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And it's the testimony of the Apostle Paul trying to wrap up, in a sense, an overview of his life. Romans 15, 15. I have written you quite boldly on some points as if to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles with a priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. Now turn with me to Revelation chapter 5, the second verse. Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. Revelation 5, 9. The angels, or the four, that, the angels, but the elders, the elders are bowing before the Lamb, the 24 elders. And they sang a new song, verse 9. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. 
because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they sang, worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. You just sang a wonderful worship song about declaring the glory of God to the world. I want to ask you, each of you today, to take an inventory. What is your greatest desire in life? Is it to serve Christ and his kingdom? That's a privilege. I said it's the greatest privilege in life. And it begins when we realize what Jesus has done for us. Let me ask you another question. How many of you grew up in Christian homes? How many of you uh, grew up in homes where your parents, or at least, thank you, one of your parents were believers? How many of you grew up in homes where your grandparents were believers in Jesus, as far as you know? Well, great. How many of you grew up in homes where as far back in your family as you know, people were, were believers in Jesus? Well, that's great. You're all candidates for Muslim ministry. Those of you who have strong Christian heritage, because it's a great privilege. Never take it lightly. Now, let me ask another question. How many of you grew up in homes where your parents did not know Jesus as your Savior, as their Savior? I did. I put my hand up there. I'm a first-generation Christian. All of us are. You know that you, you can't be you don't inherit Christianity from your parents. You inherit you become a child of God through the new birth. But I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't have that heritage. I didn't know Christ until my teenage years because somebody out there told me about Jesus. And after coming to know the Lord Jesus and realizing what he did for me and realizing where I would be without him. It was not a question in my life of twisting my arm to want to serve Christ. It was a question in my life, oh, Jesus, what a privilege to give to you because of what you've done for me. And I hope you all have that perspective, whatever your heritage, that life itself is a gift of God. But the greatest gift of God, eternal life, was given to us by the Lord, not so we could just enjoy it and go to heaven but so that we would become his servants. But today as we sit here, there are multitudes of people in our world who have not heard of Jesus. Not even once. Not even once. In fact, of the 5.5 billion people in the world, there are 2.2 billion who live in neighborhoods, communities, communi cities, Villages among peoples where they will not have a neighbor who will share with them about Jesus. And however we want to be involved in serving Jesus, there's one thing that I know about what he says. He wants us to be part of the program to make him known to the world. That doesn't mean that all of us have to become missionaries, but it means that some of us should consider that possibility. But the second thing is what I want to zero in on today. It's this, the greatest passion in life. My, the greatest passion in life 
is to bring glory to Christ. In Revelation chapter 5, you have a wonderful picture. You have the picture of people gathered around the throne, giving praise and glory to Christ. What brings greatest glory to Jesus? Well, I think he's given us that picture. Paul said, my desire is, he sent me to be a minister to the Gentiles, that they might be an offering and a sacrifice to Christ. This last summer, I returned to the area where I had served as a missionary for 15 years in the Philippines. I wanted to go back. I was on a bit of a sabbatical just to go back and teach. And I was invited to go to various areas and teach leadership seminars to the churches. One of those areas where I taught a leadership seminar was in the mountain city of Baguio. It's a beautiful place. And it was in a church called Bebok Bible Fellowship. Now, Bebok, the name Bebok is an acronym for five tribal groups. Benget, Ifugao, Kalinga, Apayao, and uh, Bontok. Five tribal groups. Several years ago, one of our missionaries had a youth ministry in Baguio among students coming to the universities. Many students came to faith. Out of the student movement, they started a church. And these students were discipled and they went back into the mountains and shared their faith with other people. And I was there to give them a seminar on church leadership because out of the movement of those students, seven other Bebop fellowships had started all over the mountains. And Sunday morning, as we gathered to worship around the Lord's table, I looked at each one of those young men and women, most of them now in their 20s and some in their 30s and some even in their early 40s. They were doctors, nurses, teachers, engineers, all of them committed to Jesus. And we celebrated the Lord's table together. And as we sang one of Wesley's great hymns, I started to cry. I couldn't help it because I began to think where those young people were 10 years ago. All of them came from homes that worshiped spirits. In our terms, they were pagans. Just a generation ago, their parents were headhunters. They didn't know God. And they had come to know Christ and their lives had been changed and they had become professionals in order to take the good news back to their own people. And they were serving their people as engineers and doctors and professionals. But most of all, they were ambassadors of Jesus. And I remember the missionary who went up there to, to work in Bebok. He was a chemistry teacher. And there came a time in his life when the Lord spoke to him and said, Roger, I want you to give your life to Christ to do whatever, you want, whatever he wants you to do. And Roger battled with that. He was teaching chemistry in a college. And he said, I had to come to the place of saying, Lord Jesus, I want to serve you. And if you want me to keep teaching chemistry in this college, I'll do it. But I'm willing to go and do whatever you want me to do. And God called Roger to be a missionary. And he went to the Philippines and he discipled these mountain folk. And now throughout the mountains, the mountains are singing. And I want to ask you something. What brings glory to Christ? gathered around his throne, but here they were gathered around the Lord's table. People who never heard of Jesus before, who were now his servants, who were now his ambassadors. What brings greatest glory to Christ is to see those who have never trusted him bow before him and become 
their king. I want to take you to another place. This is in a city in, in Japan. It's, uh, it's the headquarters of Fuji Film. All of you have used Fuji Film, haven't you? Somewhere along the way, or you've seen the Fuji Blimp or whatever it might be. This is the headquarters of Fuji Film. It's a city called Minami Ashigara. And uh, it's a city where 15 years ago there was not one believer in Jesus. Not one believer in Jesus. Two single ladies moved to that city. They went up and down high-rise apartments, five-story buildings in Japan. There's a little code. If the story is less than five, if the building is less than five stories, they don't have to put in an elevator. And these ladies were in their last, next to the last term of their missionary career in their late 50s. And they went to every apartment in that city, a city of 200,000 people. And they put literature in mailboxes and invited people to come to English classes. And they taught English classes. No Christians in the city when they moved there. And I was there on the Sunday morning for the first worship communion service of a new church. And that morning, an engineer from Fujifilm gave his testimony. And he told how he was, as an engineer in Fujifilm, he wanted to learn English. And he received one of these flyers in the mailbox. And he said, I will start to go to the English classes. And he said, these two ladies, Martha and Ann, not only taught me English, but they started to tell me about God and about Jesus. And he said, after 18 months of faithfully going to the class, I began to understand who God is. And after two years, I understood that I was a sinner and I needed to trust Christ. And there he was in that morning taking the Lord's table together with us as a believer in Jesus. And after the service, he said to me, he said, Frank, I want to take you back to your headquarters in Yokohama because I want you to, I want to say thank you to you for sending two ladies to Japan to bring the gospel to me and my people because I never would have known of Jesus if they hadn't have come. What brings glory to Jesus? And those who have never heard bow before him as their king. When the multitudes gather around the throne, some from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, I walked into the uh, office of the chaplain and the student ministries and I saw a sign there today, a sign that moved me when I was in your place making decisions. It was the quote for the week. It was a quote of Jim Elliot. And this is what Jim Elliot said. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He was paraphrasing Luke, what Jesus said in Luke 9. You want to save your life? Lose it. Lose it in the kingdom. Lose it in God's purposes. Lose it in the glory of God. I wish I could take you with me as I travel around the world to where some of the master's seminary and master's college people are. I take you to one place this morning, Albania. Rob and Pam Provost are serving in Albania. And Brad and Julie Lay from this college are planning to go to Albania. And I was with Rob and Pam in Albania and we're walking down the street of Tirana. And they put me in the home of a 
Albanian couple. The, the husband was the minister of energy of the country of Albania, an atheist. His wife was an Albanian doctor. Nepravishta is the name of the family. They had two daughters. Their daughters were learning English. Therefore, they wanted to have somebody in their home who spoke English. I went for a walk with one of their daughters on the streets of Tirana. I asked her what she does as a young person. She said, well, about every night at about five o'clock, we go out to walk on the streets. I said, what do you talk about when you're walking on the streets? Do you talk about the latest rock stars or what do you talk about? And she said, no. She said, the young people here in Tirana, when we walk the streets, you know what we talk about? We talk about European existential philosophy. Whew. I said, why are you talking about European existential philosophy? I said, who are you reading? She said, we're reading Sartre, Camus, the philosophers of Europe. I said, why, why are you doing that? She said, because you see our country has come out of the years of communism and oppression and our country's free, but we don't know what direction to take. And we're looking for hope. Rob and Pam are in a country that was completely closed to the gospel, was called the only atheistic state in the world, and today it's wide open for the gospel. And they like to have co-workers, especially to work with young people who don't know what direction to take in life. I'd like to take you to another place. This is the land that was our enemy, Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, the former CIS, and God has opened that wide open and send international in the next five years is asking God for 120 people for Russia, Ukraine and Belarus to do what? To work with young people, to work with the church, to work in training leaders, to work in children's ministry. You name it, they need it. People who are desperately looking for hope. I was in the uh, central Siberian city of Krasnoyarsk and we're ministering in a hospital. And we just had a little gospel meeting at the nurse's station of the hospital and the administrator of the hospital grabbed me by the hand and she said, please come with me and bring your interpreter. And she took me into the, into the room of a young man dying of leukemia, 18 years of age. And she said to me, she said, this young boy is going to die and he does not have hope. This was a communist administrator who only heard the gospel one time in her life, and that was out there at that nurse's station. And she took me into this room and she said, please share with him what you told these people. Young people, you and I have great privilege. We know Jesus. We know God. We have hope. There's multitudes in our world that don't have that privilege. What are you going to do with your life? Two greatest aspirations. Serve Christ. Bring glory to Christ. Now, let me say this. You don't have to be a missionary to serve Christ. I don't believe that. I believe God's going to call many of you to stay right here in North America. I'd like to sign each of you up today to go to missions, but I'm not here as a headhunter. God's the headhunter. <laughs> the Lord's got to be the one to call you. And there's no second-class citizens in the kingdom, but the important thing is in your life and heart, who's first? Is Jesus first? And what does he want? The greatest privilege is serving him. And the greatest privilege is bringing glory to him. One other scene. This is in Taiwan. It's in a Hakka village along the mountain slopes. 
It's a dedication of a church where there was none. As we're getting ready to sing, they bring in a young woman. She's all shriveled up. She had polio. And they bring her in. They sit her on the front row of the church. I look at her face and her face is beaming. And when they sing, she's singing with all of her heart. And I turn to Phil Lamb, missionary colleague of mine, say, Phil, tell me about her. Phil said he was doing house-to-house visitation in this city, in this town. And he came to this home and he saw on the inside this young woman. And he asked permission to go speak to her. In Chinese culture, if, you're, if you are, have a handicap and this gal had polio, you're put away so that people don't see you. And Phil asked permission to go in and speak to her and went back week after week after week. And she came to know Christ as her Savior. And she said, you know something? She gave a testimony. She said, I was a bitter woman. Why did God allow me to be like this? But Mr. Lamb came to my door and he told me about Jesus. And I came to know Christ. I had my sins forgiven. And she said, the bitterness is all gone. And I'm a worshiper of Jesus. And that morning she was joyfully praising God. A philosopher said, the wise man spends his life in something that will outlast it. The greatest privilege in all of life is serving Jesus. The greatest privilege in all of life is to introduce others to him and to see people become worshipers of Jesus because the greatest glory to Jesus is found. When those from every tribe and tongue and people and nation bow before the throne and sing great glory to Jesus. I have a vision this morning. Oh, it's not a charismatic vision. Don't kick me out. But I have a vision this morning and it's not my vision. It's not mine. It's the vision of John the Apostle. And as we sit here as young men and women committed to Christ and his word, God is going to fulfill the vision that he describes, that there will be some from every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation who will bow before the throne forever and ever. Several weeks ago, we had a pastor from Far East Russia that came to our office And he described the needs in that area of the world. Hundreds of towns and villages without a gospel witness. And he asked us to send young people who'd be willing to ride the Trans-Siberian Railroad and go from one town to another in the summertime and get off the train and hold a gospel meeting and work with the church in evangelism. Because the door is open now. We don't know how open it will be and how long it will be. How many Russians does Jesus want to be gathered around in that throne? I don't know, but I know he's doing it. I have a vision. There are multitudes of what are called minority peoples in the great people's Republic of China that have been inaccessible to the gospel. But God's doing something today. In an unusual way. 
And through a roundabout way, Send International has been invited to send people to China in professional capacities, computer experts, people who can teach TESOL, people who can do, teach small business beginnings. And we are able to place people among peoples in China who have no knowledge of Jesus. And we need some people who are willing to go as professionals into that great country of China. And God's opening a door because he's calling out a people for himself from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. I have a vision. I have a vision in the country of Macedonia. You know where Macedonia is? It's part of the former Yugoslavia country that may be torn and has been torn by war. And teams are working among Albanian Muslims and gypsies and Macedonians where the name of Jesus was never proclaimed. And I want to encourage you this morning to get involved in what God is doing in the world. How do you know where God wants you in your service for him? I want to submit to you that the way you find out is to, is to take some steps. Number one step, commitment, is serving Christ and bringing glory to Christ your greatest passion. Number two step, involvement. You have an opportunity here at the school to be involved in summer mission programs. Get involved. Get overseas. Get your feet wet. See how God could use you. I find out that every, you know, in our candidate schools, we ask the question, how did you get your mission interest? Ninety-nine percent now of all the candidates to come to send have had some kind of summer exposure. Get involved. Number three, and most important, allow the Lord to give the orders as to where. Allow him to write the job description as to where. Allow him to take your life and do with it whatever he wants. Make your greatest passion in life his glory. Someday we will gather around the throne with people from all over the world and bow the knee to King Jesus. And what a privilege it would be if there will be those there who will serve him forever because we have been obedient to him. Two theses for life. The greatest privilege in all the life is serving Christ. The greatest passion in all of life is bringing glory to Him. The greatest way to bring glory to Christ is to see His body complete. Let's do it for Christ's glory. Let's pray together. Father, I thank You for these young people all of whom are desirous of serving you are here at this school because they want to train to find their place in your kingdom and in your kingdom's work. Some may be afraid of taking steps of faith into the unknown, out of the realm of security because of fear. But the Lord Jesus took a great step, left heaven's glory, came down and walked in this earth and died in our place. And he says, follow me. Help us to obey.
Thank you for the privilege of serving Christ. Wherever you put us, in the classroom, in the office, across the sea, across the street, may our passion in life be to obey and serve you. And thank you for the privilege, Lord, of bringing glory to you. Someday there will be a great multitude from every tribe and tongue and people and nation who will bow before the throne and before the Lamb, saying, Worthy is the Lamb to receive glory and power and honor and strength. Help us, Lord, to be part of calling that multitude to yourself. From China, from Russia, from Europe, from America, from South America, Africa, wherever in the world, Lord, you want us to be, give us the privilege of seeing men and women become worshipers of Jesus.